Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another exciting show. And it is going to be one of those shows today. By the way, I'm coming from, if you're wondering where it is that I'm bringing you this episode, this podcast from, I'm deep within the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute. And it's so far away from any kind of civilization. You cannot even track me. GPS, your satellite, those things are unable to find me as I sit atop the treasuries of resources that I have to bring to you. And my friend, it is that which I have been committed to, or I am committed to, to make sure you get the best of the Kings of Grand show. And today is no other as I share with you about a topic that I pretty much know quite a bit about. And the topic is, do you recognize the seven early warning signs of team dysfunction? Do you recognize the seven early warning signs of team dysfunction? Now, when I say it's something I know quite a bit of, I'm not talking about necessarily the team dysfunction. I have seen it. I have been in it. I've seen it coming. And I also experienced that to some degree, to some degree, not all seven. But when I go through, you'll see that it may not be, but pretty much you kind of see bits and pieces of these seven kind of raising its ugly head. It's it's submerging or submerging? No, emerging. That's the word I'm looking for. It's emerging above the surface of the water and bopping, popping up here and there. And you know that something is happening. So when I say about early warning signs that I know uh, quite a bit about, I am really ref- referencing something that I went through physically in 2008. And I remember that Prior to December 2008, I basically did everything I possibly could to keep myself healthy. Went to the doctor, took the medications that I am supposed to take. But I went through a period of stress that was second to none in my books in that time of 2008. And eight. Now, previously to that, maybe about 13 years prior to that, just a quick bite drop, I had a, a mild 
heart attack. And I, I yes, you probably say, what? Uh, what? I, and I, it sounds like I'm just talking about something like this in a nonchalant way. You know, it's like something everybody have every single day. Well, most people, there are more people who would die of heart attacks per year than some of our major other deaths that are reported. Now, what happened was my warning signs when I had my first heart attack 13 years, so you would say 2008, probably 1995, thereabouts. I remember that the day of my heart attack, I had these chest tightness. My chest was very tight. It's as if an elephant was sitting on my chest. And my breathing was kind of impacted. But here is where I'm hard-headed. And I don't know if this is true about you as well. But I remember that when I started having this, it was on the Monday. The Monday morning, I, and I noticed that because I went to the gym to exercise. And while at the gym, I felt myself, my breathing was off. You know, it's one of those where you feel like there's, mm, you're not breathing the way you normally would breathe. And I just kind of chalked that up to, you know, maybe it's Monday, first day back to exercise after the weekend. And so that might be it. Okay, so that's why Monday. Tuesday, something very similar happened. I mean, throughout Monday, I felt here and there, but I kind of ignored that and, you know, thought maybe, oh, it's from my exercise. Tuesday, back to the gym, I started feeling something quite familiar that I felt on Monday. And I kind of did the same thing. And now that went on through a Tuesday. It didn't fully go away. I felt like there was a, you know, like something, and this is how it felt, not just like something sat on my chest, but I felt like if I could swallow hard or deep and, and a big swallow, a big gulp of something and swallow, then whatever was lodged there would go away. I also felt if I could, and pardon this, maybe, you know, maybe gross for you, but it's not, I don't think it is. If I could burp, right? If I could just have this big burp, then I, that would take care of my my problem. That's how it felt. That were some early warning signs, but I did not realize that. I did not saw it or see it as something to be worried about or concerned about. And here's the reason why. In my family history, there's no one that I know of that had ever had a heart issue. And therefore, that was the last thing on my mind as you can imagine. Now, come Wednesday morning, and I went to the gym, and this time it felt worse. It, it felt that like I and now I needed to have something hot or just to drink some water, and I kept on drinking water because I wanted to swallow whatever was there. If it was to clear whatever, it felt like something was blocking something. And that day I came home, and I, um, you know, I said, you know, I'm gonna be. I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna go to the hospital. Actually, no. I'm sorry. I, I went to work, and one of my coworkers, you, you know, we were talking, and we we're both Jamaican, and he was saying, "Oh, Kingsley," because you know, in Jamaica, everything is gas, right? It's gas, and all you need is something really hot. 
<laughs> hot tea, hot soup, something really hot. So he said, maybe it's gas and you just need to, and I mentioned that I feel like I need to burp. And so he said, well, there's nothing better than a hot cup of tea. And, and he went and got me some hot tea. And then I drank that. Never, nothing happened. And I, he, he said, oh, maybe it wasn't hot enough. You got to drink it very hot and not let it cool off. So we, we got this hotter tea and then I began to drink and it never helped. And so we decided, you know what? Maybe we might want to be smart and go to the hospital, which was not too far away. And I went there. We went there. He took me there and they checked me over and decided, well, we've got to keep you because we've noticed some blockages. And they're trying to use a cat, a catheter to try to remove that, you know, try to go up and, and try to remove that. I was there for six days and... They never had any open heart surgery or anything of that kind. The doctor, the cardiologist said, okay, well, all you've got to do is be very mindful of your, your diet and take a, a baby aspirin, baby aspirin. Yeah, and, and so I did that. I did that. Now, 13 years later, fast forward to 2008 in December, something happened again. Now, I didn't see this coming. This is where the early warning signs, I, I, I didn't know what to really look for other than what I experienced in the past. And there might have been other things I now needed to be aware of, but I, I did not. And, and maybe I needed to be, I needed to have been educated on this. Maybe I should have asked questions. Maybe I should have researched. Maybe I should have spoken to people who have had what I've had, but I never did. I kind of ignored that and went about my business doing my own thing. And you're going to see how this all ties into what it is as a leader, how it all relates. Because I find sometimes what happens, leaders do not know what to look for because there's some in it, like I am in my own body. I'm in it so much. I don't notice what's happening as much as I ought to. Maybe if I explained real well, as I did to the cardiologist, and he understood and heard some things that I was saying, and to him, boom, the light went on. Hey, let's check for his heart. And leaders sometimes don't check because they don't know what to check for. And, and they don't know even if, uh, if it's happening, they may not realize how it's all connected. Because I didn't see how my... Respiratory issues were was connected at the time. I, I I know. Come on, Kingsley. Now you know that's part of that. I I now know that. Well, actually, when that first happened, as I said, I didn't have a history in my family, so I didn't really know what to look for. Now, what if someone had said to me, Kingsley? Here are seven early warning signs that you need to look for that will tell you if you see any of these. Now, again, I now know the warning signs to look for. Because I've been very, very careful and very, very um, committed to my overall health, do my checkups with my cardiologist. As a matter of fact, as I re record this episode, I had my visit to my cardiologist, cardiologist just today, as a matter of fact, prior to me recording this episode. So I'm doing all of that. And I'm getting back to 2008 real quickly to kind of 
help to give the backdrop to this whole episode on the seven early warning signs of team dysfunction. Because I think what happened is this, that leaders don't see it coming. And when they do see it, like I did, it was too late. For some, it's too late. For some, like I, thank God, thank God, I Mine was not to the extreme where it was too late. You know, I have read and whenever I see a person that have died suddenly and they will say, uh, this person have a very had a massive cardiac arrest. And most times that's how they frame it. It sounds like better than heart attack, I guess. And I, I saw this 51-year-old wrestler who was in a ring recently, and while he was wrestling, they all, the people who were watching, were thinking this was a a part of the show. You know how wrestling is a show. It's not real. Now, you might be like, oh, the kings are, come on. If I could only reach across the microphone or these earbuds and grab your neck, I will tell you what's real. <laughs> Some people are very serious about their wrestling, so I don't want to mess with you. I'm sorry, okay? But in my world, it's not. It's a show like anything else, right? However, the people who are watching there and this wrestler, 51-year-old, and he he fell. And and the way the act was all, how everything happened, he was carried away and uh, and so on. And they people thought that this was, man, this is real cool. What a show, right? What a show. But what happened was this, this, this wrestler had a massive, and there was reported, Cardiac arrest and died right there in the ring, 51 years old, younger than I am. So when I think about what I went through, I do not. It may, it may sound like I'm trying to be, um, you know, I'm being trivial or trying to be uh, not taking it very seriously. No, I, I do. I'm grateful to God. You know, I'm a person of prayer. I thank God every single day when I get up. Because I know what could possibly have happened. And I and what I in two thousand and eight, a long story short, because I don't want to take the whole episode and you're probably saying, Thank God, please get will you get to the seven warning signs? That's what I'm here for. I'm here not here to tear your story. I'm not here to listen to you talk about your heart, cardiac arrest, and all those things. So get to the story. Get to the story. And imagine I can see somebody right now. Their pressure is going up as they're listening to me. Probably putting the mic, the earphone down and just waiting for me to say, okay, here we go, right? <laughs> now, what happened, people... Let's just calm down because this is how, how people have heart attacks because they don't re- relax. So relax. Take it easy, right? And what happened in 2008 was I ended up having a... Now, this is where the exercise thing came in again. And on Wednesday morning of that day, I remember going to the hospital after coming home from the gym, taking a shower, driving myself to the emergency room. My wife was at work and everyone was not really there. So I drove myself there, got parked in the garage, went inside, explained what I was doing, what was happening. And they said, we got to check you. And of course, because it's heart related, you get priority. And they brought me in, checked me, and they said, you can't go home. I'm thinking, what? Not again. You can't go home. We've got to, you've got some blockages. 
And what happened was, long story short, they end up ended up having to do a quadruple bypass surgery. And so I now have what we call those of us who have gone through heart surgeries, open heart surgery, we have our zipper in our chest where I've had that mark, right? And I always see that, look at it, and it reminds me. But my whole point is this. If I knew the early warning signs, and, and sometimes the signs are not even as evident because you're not, I'm not self-aware. And the whole idea of, self, of emotional intelligence is self-awareness, right? Maybe if I had the self-awareness to be keenly looking for certain things, I would find what I'm looking for. One of my greatest resources book resource that I read is a Bible, and it says, seek and you shall find. Whatever you seek for, you shall find. So when I'm looking for some things, I know I will find them. But if you as a leader don't know what to look for, you won't find them. So I want to give you then seven early warning signs and ask the question, do you recognize them? Because it is important that you do because your team could be becoming dysfunctional and you don't even realize it. Or you may have realized it, but don't even know what is happening. You may not be able to connect the dots. So let's start with the first one. Now, this is not in any order, particular order. You could always reshuffle these and restate them in different ways. But here's what I have come up with. Number one, when you find that your team members, your people, are afraid to give honest feedback, look out. You know, I think where I think in my book, The Immortelligent Leader, Succeed Where Others Failed, and I have in there about how the leaders build relationship with their people. And I quote Andy Stanley, who said, when leaders don't listen, they will end up with people who no longer speak. Now, I'm not quoting verbatim, but that's the essence of it. And when people are afraid to give honest feedback, it tells you there's something going on. Something has happened, and you need to track that down. In my book, again, I mentioned that was some things you can do to kind of explore to see what is going on. Number two, excessive absenteeism. This is one of those things I, I find happens so often. When people are being more absent and they're finding every single reason or every reason possible to not, not, not show up for a meeting or for work, and they will, you know, you're wondering, wow, it's, this is kind of odd because it's happening more times than not. This is one of the signs, my friend, early signs that you have an, a, a dysfunctional team or a team that is in disharmony. There's something going on. Number three, above normal tension within the workplace, more tension than you normally have. It's almost like people are on edge is anxiety, this stress, and therefore people are afraid, you know, uh, not if afraid, but afraid, F-A-R-Y-E-D. It's almost like that fabric that's coming apart. That's where people find themselves. And tension, every small thing that could be managed earlier is no longer being managed because there's tension within the workplace. That's also a warning sign. Number four, people are afraid to try new things. People are afraid to try new things. In my book, I talk about creating a safe culture where people can explore and innovate and be creative and make mistakes and 
I, I, rec- I, I identify why people may not want to anymore continue to do that. Well, that's one of those signs, my friend, that early warning signs of team dysfunction or something that's coming that you may be surprised by. Number five, little or strained interaction among team members and management. When you find, you know, and I, I shared a story in my book about a place that I was actually working or having my, my business was working out of. And I remember interacting with some of those people who were there. And obviously, this place had a had senior management. And something happened there. And I, I won't take time to go through all of that here because of I don't want to digress too much. But something happened where there became a strained relationship between me and upper management. And I realized that I would avoid contact, avoid interaction. Very short, to the point, and I'm out. In and I'm out. Eventually, of course, I, I, I left that, that place because of the very same thing, because it was a strained relationship. And so you, when you see that happening, or you need to look out and see, is there interaction between management and team members, leaders and team members as they once were? Hmm, that is a sign. Number six, the rising number of clicks. Now, and this is not mouse clicks for the internet, right? It's clicks where people are in little groups and you find little groups forming here and groups forming there and you find chatter here and chatter there and buzz here and buzz there, which also is part of the part of the tension. But you find that people are getting in their little groups and the corners. And when you show up, it's almost like they're scattered. So I, I talk about that in my book and I, I say, imagine if you have a place or you have ever lived in a place where there are roaches. And the roaches come out at night. And when you walk into the place and turn the light on or have a flashlight or something, they all kind of scatter to the corner as quickly as possible. And that's what I kind of, you know, describe as what happened when people see you come in. They all run to their corners and just kind of scatter you fast. Mm, They don't want to be around. They avoid. That is something you may want to pay attention to. Now, don't be too obvious in trying to address these. And I would take a whole another episode to tell you how to manage these. And that's why I, I have done trainings for companies where I can spend a whole day or half a day or three hours just to go through a particular issue that they might have through training or consulting or coaching of leaders who are executive leaders to say, hey, here's how we can try to manage those things. And that's what I do uh, for as part of my, my job, right? That's what my skill set, my expertise is in. So the rising number of clicks. And number seven, again, no, these are not in any particular order. Number seven, and this is a big one though, big one. When you have key players, your best players in your team resigning or quitting, those are high performers who do not have time for foolishness. They don't have time to be playing games. They want to perform because part of their, of who, what they what make them feel as a high performer is when they're producing, they get the adrenaline, they get pumped up and, and, and 
inspired and kind, you know, driven by these things. And when they're seeing results and they're able to put their best self out there and do their job as they're supposed to, that's what keeps them. But when you find that your best players, almost for no reason, they might be the ones who start being absent and then they eventually hand in a resignation. Something is going on. Or they quit and didn't even give you a chance to find out what's going on. But if you are self-aware, and that's why the emotional intelligence part is so important, right? The self-awareness and the self-management and then other awareness, social awareness, and then relationship management. It's when you're able to do that, the emotional intelligence, the ability to recognize and understand emotions and the skill of using that awareness to manage your emotions and the emotions of those around you. That's emotional intelligence. When you're able to do that, my friend, it gives you an opportunity to look through a new set of lens to notice what's happening. And if you can get ahead of this, right? It's getting ahead of this. When you see it happening, when you you feel it, you you kind of notice it, you you have you seen it, you heard it. I think I'm kind of a saying what I've just said, right? I <laughs> sound like I'm kind of um, being a, an echo of what I've just said, right? So I just want to make the point that when you are, uh, you're able to recognize that and you can stay ahead of it, then you're able to cut it off before it gets bigger. As it with me. If I had noticed these things and possibly had the awareness earlier on, I possibly would not have to go, go through an open heart surgery they probably could have put a stent or removed the blockage to the catheter, right? Could have removed the blockage so I didn't have to go undergo what I had to. But it unfortunately, I did not recognize that. So my friend, I hope today you would recognize these early signs and cut them off before they get to the big, the big one, okay? I, I, I hope this was helpful and I... I mentioned earlier that my book, The Immortelligent Leader, Succeed Where Others Failed, is available on Amazon where I cover a number of these things. Maybe not directly as a topic of this kind, but you'll find elements of that throughout the book. So I would encourage you to get the book. It's both in printed and ebook format. Secondly, I want to encourage you, if you are a leader that would like to get more help and to be a part of a community, that could be where you can share and have others share with you. I've created a Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Immortelligent Leaders, E-M-O-T-E-L-L-I-G-E-N-T, Immortelligent Leaders. And you can um, be able to request to join, fill out the three questions that are asked, and they will invite you in if you fit the criteria of those we're looking for to be a part of this group. We're very selective of who we bring into this group because of the things we're going to be sharing inside there in the future. So request to join. And if you want to contact me, you can do that through kingsleygrant.com. Kingsley Grant, K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y-G-R-A-N-T, kingsleygrant.com. And that's my name also on social media. Kings of Grand, follow me, connect with me, 
ask me a question, and we can go maybe have a phone call and go offline and have conversation about how I could serve you in any of these areas. So my friend, I know that you are intelligent enough to know that our show has come to an end. And remember this, you are one skill away, one skill away from your best hope. And that's what I'm trying to give you through the Kings of Grand Show. I hope you're getting that. With that said, my friend, peace out, God bless, and I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah. Thank you.